really turns of phrases, like um, John is something that is said, it's a noun, it's a person, place, or thing. So this, for example, is a John. The, these papers are John. This interracial John with Drew and Leslie. Get the shit on. Interracial John. Shut the fuck up and listen. Interracial John. Interracial John. Interracial shit, motherfuckers. Shut up and listen. Drew and Leslie. Interracial John. Welcome to the Interracial John Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Mack, and I'm joined, as always, by a very white guy. And you are very white indeed. What's up, man? It's, you know, we, it's been, been way too long. I had to, I had to like barf all the, the sound bites out there. Like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> more sound bites. Yeah, my God. More sound bites. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a few weeks. Lamentably. It's been an eventful couple of weeks. Sure have. We have a ding to that. Yeah. But, um, for those of you just joining us, welcome. Uh, you can find us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Just search Interracial John. That's J-A-W-N. And you can also find us on our website, interracialjohn.com. And we love feedback. We really do. You can leave us a review on iTunes <coughs> or Stitcher. <coughs> if it's five stars, we will read it here on the air. You can also email us, interracialjohn at gmail.com. Or you can pick up your phone, dial 657-JOHNER, 657-J-A-W-N-E-R-S. If it's under three minutes, we will read it here on the air and uh, or play here on the air. And shout out to Rod and Karen from the Black Guy Who Tips for our general feedback rules and also for their amazing support. They literally did an Those entire... I love them, dude. No, 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 no. Yeah, last night... Oh, you listened to it? Yeah. They did an entire ad, a sponsorship ad for Safety Pin Box and... I just love those guys. They're so supportive and so wonderful. And thank, thank you. The 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 <coughs> podcast community's always been really good to to you and us. And uh, in in regards to safety bin box, uh, has been really good to you. Yeah, they really have. And Chris yeah. has been amazing. He talked about it again on his show last week. Just appreciate all of your support. Um, can't say that enough. So what's up with you? Uh, just you know, glad to be podcasting. Like yeah. I said, it's been been a, been a hot minute but, mm-hmm. uh, for good reason. Been busy. Right. Yes. You know, very busy with the Burabiza. the box of pin. Yes. <laughs> we went to you know, New York last weekend to do some press, which was pretty cool. I, I was just actually thinking side sidebar sidebar tangent. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people have mentioned that uh, you and I talk really fast, and I've yeah. listened to one of our episodes. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, we do like a little bit sometimes rapid. I don't know if it. You talk fast generally. Speaking. Well, and the, 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 I want to say who because but someone's like, oh man, I met Leslie. I was like, man, this person talks really fast. And then I met Drew. He's like, oh, he talks even faster. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I'll try, true. I'll try to slow it down, maybe. Why? I don't know. No, just be you. All right. Because I, I, I listened to one of the episodes. I was like, man, I'm fucking like. It's not like I'm on like like I did a giant line of cocaine. Like, oh, let's go podcast. Okay, let's go. Okay, we're doing podcast. We're talking. Okay, we're doing. Yes, oh God. <laughs> not quite, but I'm, like, oh, Damn, dude, I'm all shit. amped up on the podcast. You do love to podcast. So <laughs> take, like, a, maybe I should take like uh, do some like breathing, uh, some like centering meditation, like calming things before we podcast. So yeah, so as I said, we went to New York to do some press. You came so we could see my family, which was very lovely. See all of the kids. One of our nieces got into two colleges, including the one I'd like her to go to, which is super exciting. She got a scholarship, too. She got a scholarship. It was just so great to be there, just to have her like open the letter and read it to everybody, and everybody was so excited. I'm just so proud of her and mm. love her and, so much. And, you know, it's not, uh, I'm sure, it wasn't spoken, but it wasn't... Uh, didn't escape anybody that she would only be the second person and both times women uh, from your family go to college. You being the first. Well, Allison and um, Victoria are 
Uh, you know, I just because the, I always forget about the. Don't forget them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very exciting, and I'm excited from that for side her. of the family. Yeah, I'm excited for her just because you know it's, I'm thrilled for it's her. like a new you know world. She's gonna be a big person, and uh, so you know there's exciting. there's people that that and she's just got such a great head on her shoulders. She's she does. so centered. But I I know that the bigger world that college will open her up to mm-hmm. is gonna be so good for her. Yeah, like so, I can't just wait to see her like really spread yeah, her wings yeah, and just yeah. you know see new things and meet new people and I'm just excited for the whole thing I'm excited and so that's super duper cool and uh, Marissa and I got to go to the BBC Worldwide offices on Saturday to do a Facebook live with them which was super exciting and Tell, yeah, the tell, offices were pretty cool. Tell, I was gonna say they had a, a first. You told me they had like a, a bleachers and all. Yeah, this they have shit. like these like really fancy like bleachers in the middle of the office with like this big wall of like screens, and they have a bar in there. No, and but tell they them the bottom. A, and they have a, a actual full size real life used in the TV show TARDIS from Doctor Who right in the middle of the office. Come on, BBC. So we had to take a selfie with that. It was pretty cool. BB what? BB who? So that was pretty sweet. And then on Sunday, um, Vice News came to do some filming with us and some interviewing with Marissa um, for a story they're doing about Safety Pin Box. And they're going to be here with us this weekend to film the rest of the story as we uh, pack and ship off our first boxes. So that's pretty crazy. And everything happened so quickly. We were just saying like we were in. Uh, four weeks ago today is when we were in Jamaica and had like the real conversation and bought the website URL and everything. So to have all of this happen in four weeks, it's a lot, but it's really exciting. And thank all of you for your support and all of the well wishes and all the retweets and all the sharing. And I just thank thank you all. It's been great. And if you haven't heard about it, go to safetypinbox.com because it's awesome. And on the opposite side of the support, uh, it's all, I think, related uh, but Lee, uh, is it Lee Fang? Yeah, uh, that dickbag. Uh, t- calling out Marissa and you know, in, in kind of like a personal vendetta way and then calling the business a scam, which is, you know, highly unethical and appropriate when he hadn't done any, you know, he's a journalist, you can't just be doing that shit. But so there was also uh, a Nation article that was calling out the um, hires at MTV, uh, the black hires, uh, I guess MTV, MTV2. Yeah, uh, and, and media hires, Jamil media, Smith among others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, I guess, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm putting the ball in your court because this isn't really my bailiwick. I mean, I guess it, I don't know. It's all of our bailiwick. But it's important. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I would say non-black people of color mm. um, being, I don't want to say use is the wrong word, but but non-black people of color, uh, you know, in some ways cudgeling black folk or, you know, parroting some of the supremacist stuff. Yeah, uh, I think that they just like, they get to have a... I don't know. I feel like media thinks it's okay coming from a non-black person of color to be anti-black. So they'll utilize them in these ways or they'll be chosen to, you know, focus on these types of things. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that because I don't think that anyone's taken away Lee Fang's agency. He's a dick. So he acted (laughs) like one. Uh, But I do think it's interesting. And, you know, these publications know how it sounds coming from somebody like him versus a white dude. Of course, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, where they give people space to do things is certainly strategic, and that is what it is. But, uh, well, and that maybe somewhat leads into or somewhat related to this uh, just discussion about identity politics. And, you know, you didn't almost hear identity politics was something I heard on the, like, I wouldn't say fringe, but like, 
you know, sometimes people on the left would be like, oh, why are you, you know, race baiting? They'd say that. Like, all you do is talk about race, very white guy, and you're making it about race, and why, you know, you're just, uh, it's all identity politics and tribalism. You know, we're all one race, the human race. Like, you'd hear it, like, in a, like, you know, a, a, a whole bunch of just, you know, deflections from an individual, right? But now I hear identity politics really, like, as the new form of racism discussion fatigue, Right, like you're just like, oh, stop talking about identity. I'm tired of identity politics. Right, and it's just really just a derailment of like, I'm just, I'm tired of discussing racism. I don't want it anymore. I'm, I'm much easier and more comfortable as a white person just not thinking about all this stuff. Why are you bringing it up? And so I see, I just there was so many articles. I would say like, uh, and someone who's smarter than me does it. I could do it. I'm just lazy. So I should say someone who's not as lazy as me do a Google uh, Trends keyword search on identity politics and just like the number of articles and things. And I guarantee you, after like you know November 10th or whatever, it spiked. Just yeah, it's the new. Of course it did. It's the new like it is yeah. always like that. We see this constantly. It's no no surprise. People, I just wish people were more creative. Like that's my thing. Is out of all of this shit, I wish it wasn't so goddamn predictable. All of it. That's the thing I just would hope could change. <laughs> just surprise me for once. Be fucking creative with your bullshit. I'm, I'm thinking like that's all like, I'm asking for. Leslie, Matt. like at least put a little fucking effort into it. It's gross, man. Make your racism less formulaic. Just please, please. <laughs> Leslie Mack. Please don't be so formulaic. If you're gonna have to do, just at least at least try. Because you're just sad. Have you ever seen the meme that's got like uh, an actual troll from like Lord of the Rings in the background of like a bunch of people and in the foreground? It's like obvious troll. So obvious. <laughs> it's like obvious racism. So racism. Cool. So, racism. so uh, Dr. Smooth Mustache has started driving for the Ubers. Yeah. Here in town. <laughs> Better still is his like Uber cab confessions. For- so that's what I mean. Like, it's been very interesting because I don't know about you, but when I get an Uber, like some some of my friends, they get an Uber and they have like six questions they ask every single Uber driver. Yeah, didn't Takiya say she's did that? Like, I think like- it was. Shout out to you, doctor. I mean, um, yeah, uh, for sure. I think that... She does not just her though, a bunch of people I know. Like every time I've been in an Uber with them, they're like, but 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 they like pepper the person with the questions. So of course so now we get to pepper, you know, Dr. Miss Moon Smash with these mm. questions and the you know, his uh Uber escapades yeah. have uh have been very entertaining to us. I, I guess uh the, the, this most recent one was two you know, say middle aged, uh, my our aged, I should say, like 40 year old women. Uh, a little older because he said Jennifer Coolidge was the yeah, one. Yeah, he said she looked like Jennifer Coolidge the with, little, the, with the fur and everything. Yeah, that's a little older than us. So, yeah. But uh, apparently, just sheets to the wind, him. Yeah. Like, not just a little bit drunk, but like, you, you better got an Uber and you should have had a like sober pal. Like, you're a little bit too. Too much, but uh, falling in and out of the Uber, like they went to, they had made him go on a side trip to McDonald's, and she's like feeding him French fries from the front seat and shit. And then I guess she like straight up propositioned him, like the the one gal in the front and her, her girlfriend in the back's like, no, no, that's not a good that's idea. Not safe. Don't do that. And then like she straight up hit her uh, like on her ass, getting out the the Uber on her her heels, so he had to like help her up like. The stairs into the yeah, house and it was shit. Definitely, like all of it was bad. He better got five stars. I hope he did. Got a good rating on that one. I hope he got a good one. <laughs> he's had some. He's had a couple of Uber stories. Yes. He had like a like a hundred dollar fare to drive right. somebody like way the hell out yeah, of somewhere. Yeah, he's had a bunch of like weird stuff, but it's been funny listening to it. So I'm entertained. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Well, let's get into it. The news is coming on. The news is coming on. 
Well, uh, if you're not on Twitter and you don't subscribe, you might not have heard or seen that uh, Sports Illustrated came out, had uh, LeBron on the cover. Mm. Is it a nice uh, white sort of like cream, you know, cream white looking winter suit? Winter white. Yeah, like a, like a winter white, good looking suit. And uh, not not like super obvious, you know, he's got a couple of different accoutrements like the ring and the watch, but uh, right there on the lapel, mm. kind of a big old safety pin. Yeah. Yeah. I has questions. You know, I'm going to... I'll just a couple of things, and there's uh, you, you know there's you, you should probably listen to to black folk <laughs> talking about this age even more than me, right? I'm not going to say a whole lot, but uh, first, I guess I my my limited understanding of the um, performative fuckery that is the safety pin it was for white folks, so that's like that's strange, mm-hmm. and like if you're going to wear the safety pin as a sports figure, there's so much fuckery in Cleveland. He hasn't said anything about nothing. Like, just start at home. Yeah, I'm just like, I just want to know, does, are you an ally for Tamir Rice and yeah. his family? Because you've been very him. silent around that. And no, even no. after a direct ask yeah. from his mother, uh, and knowing that Tamir, you were his favorite player, he idolized LeBron, like, really did. And so I just, like, what is the... I just... It just actually... It just shows how empty a gesture the safety pin is. It, it really, it's like a, it's like a, a giant, you know, macrocosm of just how uh, useless it is. Because here we have this high-profile individual wearing it, and we know damn well that I'm not saying LeBron James doesn't do great things, but that's different than saying you're an ally, right? And yeah. that's part of the whole th- reason I mean, why Marissa and I started the business was to have to elevate what that means, to have a new bar for if you're going to call yourself an ally or you're trying to say that you're trying to be an ally, to have it not be some low level bargain barrel, as Chris said on his show this week, just being a decent fucking human being type shit. Well, that's not being an ally. That's just like, oh, you're not an asshole. Hurrah. Stop expecting shit for not being an asshole. Yeah, the, the minimum standard for decent human beings should not get you any sort of ally cookies. But and no offense, but uh, the minimum standard for a, a uh, uh, a sports a figure like him it is, to, is to have no to do what he's doing you have a foundation you give money away you give money to causes you do this you do that that's that's I think a pretty like standard shit that people in his position do there's nothing extraordinary about that I think it's great but that's that's not a, a level of like oh I'm, you know this person's gone above and beyond doing whatever so he, he uh, in, in all respects he is wearing it like white people do yeah Empty and hollow. Oh, without, without any thought. Who is he an ally any, for? Without I just, any meaning. Like I said, I has questions. Anyways, moving on. A black couple files racial discrimination lawsuit against Barney's New York this week. Ooh, uh-oh. Conrad Barton, 30, and Geneva Gordon, 25, plan to return a few items to the high-priced luxury store. They had their receipt and the debit card they used to pay for the jeans and a scarf, yet they claim store employees and a loss prevention officer harass them. Hmm. Loss prevention jobs is a fancy way for yes. security guard. Kind of. Add returning high-priced items to Barney's New York uh, to the list of things you can't do while black. New Jersey couples filed a lawsuit against the high-priced store after they claim they're harassed according to the daily news they went to the barney store on 7th avenue in new york chelsea neighborhood october 4th for items they had purchased september 11th uh barton went inside the store leaving gordon in the car while he set out to make the return 
armed with two receipts and the debit card used to make the purchase. He figured it would be just a minute. The lawsuit says that when Barton tried to return the jeans, which he paid $1,045 for and a $231 scarf, a clerk asked him to wait 15 minutes later. A man showed up claiming to be the manager, although it turns out he was the loss prevention officer and demanded that Barton show him some identification. Barton argued that he didn't need to show ID to make the return. The officer then refused to give Barton back the clothes that he paid for in his debit card. You're being stereotyped when you're just following a regular store procedure who works in uh, Barton said uh, it shouldn't have went down that route. Mm hmm. So uh, they hired an attorney who uh, definitely just sued them. And just remember, in 2014, the store was forced to pay five hundred twenty five thousand dollars for racially profiling after an attorney general found that the store had been investigating minority customers purchases. And and wasn't Barnes also the place where a young uh, yeah the nineteen year old yeah with a belt just trying yep. to buy a belt mm-hmm. and they, they the just, cops called yeah him. they couldn't they couldn't fucking just process that someone his age and his ethnicity mm-hmm. could it would buy a belt there mm-hmm. they just couldn't process no 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 mm-hmm. he must be stealing it yeah but Jay Z got a little mini shop in there so that's cool you know and I I just there's like a lot of things that are really just fucking ridiculous and need to change. But I really wish at some point we could just all accept, like, you know, there's there's bias. It happens, you know? Like, let's own it. It doesn't make you the horrible racist hooded Klansman, but it makes you, you know, like, alive in a white supremacist society. Admit it. You know well, what I'm saying? It's funny. One of the tasks um, for this holiday box that we're sending out for safety pin boxes around, uh, you know, creating a personal media plan and really, like, delving into, like, what bias in media really means and I had to put together an entire like addendum that really breaks down all the different ways in which media shows bias. Um, it turned out really good. So I'm, I'm excited. excited for people I'm to get excited. that in their hands. I think I it's going to be a really good tool for people. I've said it on the show and I was talking with my nephew about it uh, this weekend, uh, just anti-black bias. And as a white person, it was so ingrained that it, it took you know lots and lots years of interactions with my very own black family before you know the sort of like default black person narrative in my mind was like criminal and i'm being dead ass honest like that doesn't make me a horrible fucking person nope you know like and it's not like i'm proud of this fact I'm like where i'm like oh hey you know for the longest time i fucking but it just makes me like a, a uh i'm being honest i'm being honest about the world in which i grew up in and when i say honest like i literally had seven people personal individual close it, people that know me and would use the word I love you in re- reference to me from my church over with a facilitator. And the very first thing we did was talk about bias. And we're like, you know, when you see the word criminal, when you see this, you know, don't you think the word black? And nobody would admit it. Nobody would fucking admit it. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, my wife is black. And I'm telling you, that's, that, that's how it happens. I see the word criminal and I think black too. Come on. Admit it. No, I don't think that. I'm, you know, like you're here in a room full of like six other people. Nobody's recording it. There's no fucking like. There's no. There's no prize but for I being the least racist. I think they're not even in tune with like how they would come to to understand that, I right? Because they go immediately to their conscious brain, and and there's a, there's resistance there, but they can't acknowledge the the su- the subconscious one. They, they go to you what know, they the feel. They go yeah. to what they feel. My yeah. heart doesn't think that. No, right. I don't. I don't really feel that way. You say it all the time. Oh, every everybody's a nice guy to somebody. Like that's not what we're talking about. Niceness. Like, give me a fucking break about it already. Yeah. So speaking of uh, media and representation, the uh, very first black character, uh, Franklin and the Peanuts, uh, introduced in uh, 1968 after Martin Luther King's assassination, 
uh, was in part because of a uh, school teacher named Harry Glickman. Hmm. And uh, she wrote to uh, Charles Schultz, and uh, they've actually uh, got the, the letters, and there's a, an archive that's released them. And uh, I, I love letters from a day before the computer and the email and the text mm. age. You know, like she wrote this this letter, and it's a full letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like six paragraphs, like, you know, hundreds of words. And she's just talking about, uh, you know, that she thinks that a black character is appropriate and it's needed and that after the death of Martin Luther King, it could be, you know, valuable in healing the nation. And um, she's got, you know, friends and she's like relates a personal story about, you know, just the introduction of, of children, the group of you know, characters and how important it is. And he writes back. He like mm-hmm. literally wrote back, said, uh, thank you, Marriage, for the kind letter. I appreciate your suggestion about introducing a Negro child into the comic strip, but I am faced with the same problem that other cartoonists are who wish to comply with your suggestion. We all would like to very much be able to do this, but each of us is afraid that it would look like we are patronizing our Negro friends. I don't know what the solution is. Look at that. Mm. 50 years ago. 50 years ago, I wanted to be an ally, and I don't know what to do. Right? And so what do you think Harriet did? Sure, back. Dear mm-hmm. Mr. Schultz, I appreciate your taking the time to answer my uh, letter about Negro children and peanuts. Uh, you present an interesting dilemma. I would like your permission to use your letter to show some Negro friends. These resp- their responses as parents may prove useful to you in your thinking on this subject. Sincerely, Ms. Glickman. So look at that. Mm. One individual writes to him. He writes back with the like deflection, like, I don't know what to do. If I and says, you know what? I feel like I could help, but doesn't, you know, doesn't like white knight it says, I'm going to take it and actually get some, some black women who are parents yep. to, to write back and do this. And uh, he writes back. I'll be very anxious to hear what your friends think of my reasons for not including a character in the strip. The more I think of the problem, the more I'm convinced that it would be wrong for me not to do so. So here he, she's shifting his thinking. Just just one person. Nobody says I'm convinced it would be wrong for me to do so. The more I am convinced that it would be wrong. For, oh, to because in patronizing the right the black characters, I'd right? be very happy to try, try. But I'm sure that I would receive the sort of criticism that would make it appear as if I were doing this in a condescending manner. Right. So, you know, they have some exchange and, and kind of goes back and forth. Can but, we stop right here for a yeah. second? Because it's very interesting. His, his response is back and his concerns. And I always talk about risk being real. And here's a moment where he didn't want to take the risk. Yeah. That was, that was the work there for Charles Schultz to say, you know what? I, I, I really want to do this thing, but I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. And we talk all the time about that, about when white people are trying to show solidarity and be... um you know, appropriate and useful allies that there's a risk that it's going to not go well. And, and how do you deal with that is really important as well. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Go ahead. And well, so this is May 9th. He writes still this, uh, you know, back and forth. And you, there's more. We'll leave the link to the article. I think there's an archive you can go to to see the full exchange. Uh, but so then... Uh, and so he writes a final letter at this time when Negro youth needing a feeling of identity, the inclusion of a Negro character, even occasionally in your comics, would help these young people to feel it is natural thing for Caucasian Negro children to engage in dialogue, wrote an anonymous mother of two. Right. So she's sent the feedback to Schultz. And this is a, a black mom saying, hey, I think this would be really important. You should do this. So he says uh, to her on July 1, sends a letter. I've drawn an episode which I think will please you. And that's all. And he introduces Franklin, uh, the black character, and does it in a just sort of like uh, nonchalant way. Doesn't make a big deal of it. Doesn't have any sort of like, you know, it's just a character now that's in the comics and interacting with the Peanuts gang. And I think that's how you do it in a non-patronizing way, certainly in 1968. But... I loved it. I thought it was another example of how one person can make a difference. And just, you know, one committed individual and 
you know, making things, uh, you know, important to them and taking the time to, to see where the power lies, right? That was one of the, you know, uh, you could talk about power mapping, right? And, and who had the power. And Charles Schultz is the, the creator of the comic. And he took a little flack. There was some strips that are some syndication in the South that pulled his comic, right? People wrote in saying, you know, I don't mind a black character. Just don't show them in school together. Like all kinds of moving the goalposts. Like posts caveats, kind of. right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was terrific. Mm-hmm. It's a good, uh, again, good example of one person kind of making a, uh, a difference. Yeah. You know, the, the article's gone, this discussion for this next one. Uh, oh, actually, here it is. Uh, I was going to say, I couldn't find the thing you were trying to... Well, so it was... Uh, so Y Combinator is a... What is that? It's a development sort of website. Like, there's Hacker News and a couple other things with Oh, like y- for, like, computer developers? Correct, like web correct. Developers. Like, okay. it's kind of... Like, I don't want to say that I know Y Combinator, like, perfectly well, but um, there is a section called Hacker News. And so they've got uh, a couple of different moderators of, moderators of these forums. And uh, I guess post-election, like a lot of online uh, forums. Uh, oh, so Y Combinator is a model for funding early stage startups. So it's a, a startup funding incubator. And one of their forums is Hacker News. And uh, they're banning political discussion. So there's, or there's, or maybe this is a discussion about Hacker News banning. I can't tell which because I'm not. How do they ban it? They just delete. Uh, yeah, they're just not allowing politics and and hmm. you know discussions around ideology and wow. race and how privileged. Uh, yeah, and like this is uh, all of these things. Hacker, white combinator, they're all cishet white men. You know, not just all, but predominantly. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, that's the the business, right? And uh, I just think it's interesting that you know, right after the election, the you know we weren't here, but the the white lash <laughs> you know there's two there was two white lashes there was the white lash that ran trump into office and then there was the, like the liberal like oh my god <laughs> like uh how did know. this happen yeah <sighs> and uh i'm sure it was in in quasi i said pseudo and pseudo anonymity spaces you know where you're not necessarily like face to face with somebody right like even mm-hmm. even if it's your name but you're at like Hacker News or Y Combinator, right. you're going to say shit you wouldn't say to somebody's face. Because mm-hmm. you don't even get punched. You know what I'm like, You say that to somebody's face, they're going to they're gonna deck you. But on, on, you know, Hacker News, Y Combinator, like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. But I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like, all the white people are upset, so they're going to ban discussion of politics and race. Okay. That'll, mm. that, and that's a, <laughs> every once in a while, someone will throw that shit at me. The, the Morgan Freeman from like 1986 stopped talking about race to end racism, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fucking, come on. Don't, A, that's some bullshit. And B, that was like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Ask Morgan what he thinks now. Mm-hmm. Quick update. West Virginia official who lost job over racist Michelle Obama remark quietly reinstated. Just wait a second here. White dude. Now, it's a white, uh, white woman, Pamela Taylor, who works for the Clay County Development Corp, was fired in early November after she said, quote, it will be refreshing to have a classy, beautiful, dignified first lady in the White House. I'm tired of seeing an ape in heels. So I just want to say that person got their job back. Yeah. And the black uh, legislator in, I think it was Virginia, I can't remember what it was, uh, a Twitter remark from years ago, and that guy had to resign. Mm-hmm. Right, like Twitter comments, like white women are the devil. Like you know, like like come on, like I'm, I'm sorry, that seems like some facts there. I'm not like mad about it, you know. Well, the mayor, uh, the former mayor of of um, Clay, also uh, commented on it, saying that her post made her day. The no, wait a minute. 
just to be clear on what's going on in, you in know, Clay uh, County, I, I, West Virginia. I, I, I call it Schrodinger's racist, right? When someone does something <laughs> really racist and everyone stands around like, wait a minute, are there more racists or more like justice folks here? Who, yeah. What's this room comprised of? And that's what they did. Like the, the, you know, the Michelle Obama ape comic comes out and the, the mayor is like, ha ha, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, wait a minute. Wait, oh, it wasn't all the, wait, okay, there's more people that are kind of outraged. Okay, you have to resign. And then like, was it even two months? Was it even fucking, was it 30 days? When did, this, when did this person have to resign over this remark? Mm. Can we find out? I don't think it's been 90 days. No, I don't. It was, let's see. Hold on, I closed up. Well, if it's finally be glad to have somebody in office, meaning it's after November 10th. It hasn't been fucking a month. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't even been uh, a month. December 23rd is when she goes back. So they were laid off for a month. So, yeah. So in this, yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 day paid probably vacation. Yeah. So. Oh, for crying out loud. Anyways. Oh, of course. It's just perfect. Of course. It's just it's very fitting. Very fitting. Just totally fitting. Yeah, because right? this is like, a, this is actually Yes All Cops adjacent. Yeah, so. it's tangential cops. Yeah. But, uh, and I shouldn't say Yes All, like, service individuals. It's a little bit fair. No. Unfair. But fuck this, <laughs> fuck, fuck this guy. Fuck this particular guy, though. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York firefighter charged with setting fire to own home. And blaming it on Black Lives Matter. Hmm. Uh, apparently, the entire um, non-hierarchical, deliberately uh, multi-leader, m- multi-leader, uh, independent targeted organization douchebag. targeted his house. Mm-hmm. The entire movement, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. burnt down his house. And this is like the fourth time something outrageous has happened, and a cop or a service person is like, "Ah, oh, is there Black Lives?" It's like. And then it was like the, they did it themselves to cover up some other horrible shit they were doing. Like, when we can just like start doing the opposite. <laughs> when like a you know person's house burns down and the BLM's written on it, like let's just look right at them. Let's <laughs> just start mm. like you know I bet you they did it themselves because that's probably the. So anyway, New York firefighter arrested after allegedly setting fire to his own home in an apparent attempt to smear anti-police brutality activists. Jason Stokes, let's say that guy's name, Jason Stokes, pleaded not guilty Tuesday to arson in connection with an August fire at his house in Endicott. A family member said at the time that they believed their home was targeted because of the Blue Lives Matter flag flying out front. Investigators found the message, lie with pigs, fry like bacon, written on the siding outside of the burned home. Y'all. Mm-mm. Fucking y'all, dude. It wasn't enough to to say that he thought it was his Blue Lives Matter banner, but that lie with pigs, fry like bacon. Really? Yeah. The slogan apparently referenced an incident from 2015 when some demonstrators chanted pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, during a Black Lives Matter protest at Minneapolis State Fair. Why they reported by conservative media? Mm-hmm. That didn't rile him up at all. Mm. The war on cops. You know, that didn't that didn't affect him at all. Mm-hmm. Pro police websites blamed the fire at Stokes' home on terrorists, terrorists, terrorists associated with the civil rights group. Yeah, prosecutors now believe the forty-one-year-old Stokes wrote the message to help cover up his crime, although they're not sure why. But I I think that, I think we know why because he's anti-black and fuckery, and you know, we don't need to show a motive; we need to show intent. Investigators also found multiple gas cans placed throughout the home, which they said appeared to be booby-trapped, but Stokes' family escaped unharmed, and no other injuries were reported. Booby-trapped his own home. Said he was disturbed by the apparent attempt to blame civil rights activists for the fire. That statement to me is absolutely despicable. 
fuels a false narrative when it comes to the work that police officers do. He's jailed on ten thousand dollars bond. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's been uh, he's bonded. He's bonded. Update. Of course. He's got he's got cash. He's got money. He got ten G's. Yeah. He got stacks on stacks. No problem. Burnt, burnt his him. house down. No, no problem. problem. Ugh, I can't. Yep. yep. Ridiculous. Predictable. Once again. It's like all these fake accounts of people trying to be black accounts on Twitter and they try and like Ugh. use AAV and it's yo, so terrible. I, 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 a couple of times I, I had somebody like... They're like, yo. They would tag me like, oh, can you help me with this thing? I'm like, um, I'm, I'm going to DM you real quick. Like, listen, I'm not trying to make, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who they are. I'm not saying they are or not. But this appears to be somebody who's pretending to be black. I'm just saying. That's all it looks like to me. It's <laughs> like, the, you know, come on. Like the, like under a hundred tweets and they've got like six followers and they're saying like outlandishly ridiculous shit and like mocking AAV yeah. like just no <laughs> just stop and in fact I, I I had to learn that probably from a couple of followers of my own self like I was like um maybe like I like um that's not a black person yeah. <laughs> like, like don't oh, argue with that person they're oh, not really oh, black oh sorry mm-hmm. yeah it's that was my way. um so I I we we're soon gonna have to retire our lame duck black lame duck black yep 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 and uh i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm uh i'm going with uh oompa loompotus mm-hmm. uh, shout out to uh black girl in maine oompa loompa in waiting with her uh i, I like all the names like mango <laughs> mussolini and uh their trump and fuhrer mm-hmm. and uh but uh oompa loompotus is uh <laughs> kind of and so this is my music for oompa loompotus news <laughs> That's yeah, good. That That's is just good. The, the Price is Right law sound. I like it. Anyways, uh, you know I've been on a full uh, not my president diet. Have not heard this this man's voice. Uh, don't intend to for the next four years. So keep me honest, people. I'm here but for I will it. read that uh, China lodges complaint over Trump Taiwan call. Surprise, surprise! China's foreign ministry said Saturday it has lodged a complaint with the United States over a controversial phone call between President-elect Donald Trump and Taiwan's president that has overturned decades of diplomatic protocol. China views Taiwan as a renegade province, and since 1979, the U.S. has acknowledged Beijing's claim that Taiwan is part of China, with U.S.-China relations governed by a set of protocols known as the One China Policy. My insurance rates are probably going to double. Sorry. This means that no formal diplomatic relations between the U.S. and Taiwan. So Trump's decision to take Taiwanese President Singh Tsai Ing-wen's call could risk major upset. Quote, we've noticed we have noticed relevant reports and lodged solemn representation with the relevant side in the United States, said a statement Saturday from China's foreign ministry spokesman, Gwang, uh, Gang Shuang. I must point out that there is only one China in the world and Taiwan is an inseparable part of the Chinese territory. The one China principle is the political foundation of China-U.S. relations. We urge the relevant side in the U.S. to adhere to the one China policy, abide by the pledges in the three joint U.S.-China com- communiques, and handle issues related to Taiwan carefully and properly to avoid causing unnecessary interference to the overall China-U.S. relationship. And like for real, I'm not even close to uh, remotely versed, much less informed nor expert. I know very little, yet I know enough to know that China owns a fucking dump load of U.S. debt, that China could in a heartbeat just start printing money and fucking like fuck with our economy and, and, and like like Trump wants to declare China a currency manipulator day one in office. He wants to do that. 
I'm not saying they don't manipulate currency. We fucking manipulate currency, right? But like they own enough of our debt that they could pull a lever that'd be like, fuck you, US, fuck you, in a, in a huge way. And That's just one. independent of all of that, it's just like, where is the protocol? Like, why are the, you acting like this? Listen, and then he takes to Twitter. It, listen, we know he's acting this way because he has a fucking building of he course. wants to put in there. He has a business interest. But that was I, what little I know before any of this. One, I know China owns a dump load of our fucking real estate and other assets and debt. Two, Taiwan and China is like, I, I don't know enough, but it's a pretty delicate, like, you know, like China thinks that they aren't a full independent nation, but then in some ways they're treated as an independent nation and they have some rights that an independent nation would have, but then they don't have rights that some, you know, so I don't even know. So like the, the rules and how they like the presidents for the last 40 years have engaged with Taiwan are for a fucking reason. Right. They're for a fucking reason. You know, like, I'm not saying, like, decorum and protocol, like, fuck it. But, like, his his business interest to him is all that mattered. It's all that fucking mattered. I'm building some fucking building there. Let me take the call. Oh, by the way, fucking put that building in. Can you get that done? He did that with someone else. Who was the, uh, he took a call from somebody. It was the first fucking, uh, Argentina. Uh, Argentina. First we fucking talked about it said. in the last show. First fucking comment. Well, how about that building? But my thing is, he takes to Twitter then, and he says, the first tweet is, the t- president of Taiwan called me, in caps, today to wish me congratulations on winning the presidency. Thank you! Exclamation point. Now, first of all, China's foreign relations is like, this is shenanigans on Taiwan's part. Like, they knew what they were doing calling this asshole. Of course. It wasn't like a fucking accident. Like, we're literally in contentious relationship with them, and they knew this would piss us off, and that's why they fucking did it. And they knew it dumbass. So you're dumbass confirming that they used you. Like, that's real smart, dummy. (laughs) Next, he says, interesting how the U.S. sells Taiwan billions of dollars of military equipment, but I should not accept a congratulatory call. Dude, you know when you say the U.S. now? That's you, motherfucker. You're the goddamn president of the U.S. So you don't get to talk about the U.S. as some abstract thing that belongs to other people, you fucktard. Ugh. Just saying. Just saying. My dude. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. I can't. He, he's got so much fuckery. There's like a I can't, we can't things. go through all these. Don't read the next one. I, mean, I, I can't just, do it. His declining of the intelligence I can't, briefings is too I can't much. even do it. I can't even do and it. I, he's Fran Tarkenton. Do we really need no, to go? No, we'll just gossip it. His, Fuck the, all the, of that. I'll talk about this one. No, the, the reason he's he's not doing the security briefings is because they're including Russian hacking information. Of course. He wants plausible deniability. Oh, uh, there's something in the security briefing about Russia and hacking. I don't want that one. I'm going to do this once a week. Give me on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. If I'm awake. Never missing a pass with the is that me? TV no. app. Oh shit! That's you. That's you. You don't want to talk about Frame Target being a dummy. You can. You can do that one. I, I'm not gonna play the audio, but all right, here, let me do this. Stupid ass. How's everything? All right. Everything's good. I know. Listen, I. You're. Who was the, the the player you played against? This who you're most intimidated. Was there one guy you played against? Or like, man, this guy, the way he played. Like, Joe Green. Joe Me, Green. Joe Green. Was he that rough? He was tough. Was he? I know you're a big Trump guy. I'm a big Trump guy. Do you feel like uh, uh, that he's getting? Is it hard? Is that is the media been kind of biased against him and stuff Here's like the that? Deal. The media, thank God, don't don't run our country. The media is a bunch of hacks that uh, right right stuff, right? Sure. You've got to have businessmen build this great city. Businessmen built this city. The media didn't build the city. Businessman, we never had a businessman to be in Washington. And you watch how things get done in Washington that never have gotten done before. You've already started a thousand jobs. 
think about those thousand workers in Indiana weren't going to have a job anymore. And that plant's going to, to Mexico. So you will see great things because he will. He knows how to get things done. Yeah. So anyway. I, I, well, last time, because I know a lot of athletes, yeah. uh, one of the best players saying it said, you know, if you win the championship, you get to go to the, the White House and meet the president. Some uh, athletes are saying, like, you know, that they might not want to go to the White House and meet well, the I president. Think, I, I don't think the football players ever go there. The well, basketball players go there. They do that. And, you know, if they don't want to go there, so what, you know? And that's that's disrespectful, is it not? It is. I mean, I mean, you put politics, if a president of the United States, our number one guy, invites you to the, and you're going to boycott it, because Why? I, it's stupid. I, Nobody boycotted Obama because he's black, did they? No. No. They, they all went there because he was our president. And you respect our president, no matter whether you're for him or not. I, I'm, I'm a little confused, first of all, Fran. Like, nobody was talking about race in this uh, instance. Nobody said, I'm boycotting Trump because he's white. Right. It's like they're saying they're boycotting him because he's an asshole. <laughs> he's a white supremacist. But, like, to say that nobody boycotted Obama because he's black was almost like Implying that they should have. <laughs> you say like, no, implying they, that they wanted to. Yeah, certainly. yeah, yeah. That's what, like, they you know, that's what we wanted that's to That's what do. we wanted to do, but we sucked it up. We, we, <laughs> nobody did it because he was black, but we fucking wanted to. God damn it. You know we wanted to. Fran. And like, why does TMZ do this? Like, I just, that the world did not need that. Boom, no, boom, boom. The world did not need <laughs> Fran Tarkenton's hot take on Trump and LeBron James. Or anything else. Going for to the matter. White House. Let's stop going to Fran Tarkenton. Fran. <laughs> this other, uh, you know, Trump has not been able to get anybody to play at his inauguration. Like, no <laughs> yeah. star will do it. He's like getting a, like, also ran on um, NBC's, like, uh, what do you call that thing? America's Got Talent, like a little girl who, who like came in third. I guess she's going to sing. I don't really know all the details of it. Keeping in mind, Beyonce uh, sang it the last one, just saying. Uh, so the D.C. area marching bands opt to sit out Trump's inaugural parade. Shah, that's awesome. They were there today showing off their moves in the inaugural parade. The members say they practiced every day for the last month to prepare for this moment. They said the best part was being able to see the president himself. Oh, this was from when the last we time. Got to the president's so this they, they played in the second inauguration, but they uh, have decided uh, they, they played at George W. Bush. They performed Destiny's Child, Lose My Breath at George W. Bush's second inauguration played. And uh, at, George, at Barack Obama's, they played I Feel Good by James Brown. And they're like, yeah, mm, no, thanks. They played um, W's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, he said that he suspects that many band directors and school administrators' political beliefs played into whether they applied to participate in the parade. Uh, Newsom says, I think everybody knows why and no one wants to say and lose their job. <laughs> Applications to participate were due December 5th and the Presidential Inauguration Committee is expected to announce soon which bands were selected. The committee did not respond to inquiries about how many applications were received. Bloop. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's what's going Classic. on. Good on you. Good for the kids. Yeah, always Fuck feeling it. all that. Do what you get. Do what you need to do, man. I don't want to. You know. Yeah. Banana, banana. We need to really get a fucking. Uh, yeah, we do for this week in hashtags. Yeah. So, uh, so hashtag dump Star Wars is. Fuck, it's, just, it's like hashtag. What is it? They're though? trying to get rid of Kellogg cereal for a bit and shit. It really. <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I had to like go to the meta level, I guess, to find out like what stirred it, but. Apparently, one of the writers for the new Rogue One saga uh, that's coming out this weekend, and I hope it's uh, awesome. I hope it's really well. But uh, Rogue One has a logo, uh, like it looks like a black and white kind of like, like a little spaceship looking pin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Twittered, tweeted uh, an image of that with a safety pin through it, right? And I was like, you know, resist or some shit, right? And then like a day and a half later, deleted it. But because of that, right, one writer for Rogue One tweeted mm-hmm. a safety pin image. Mm-hmm. Now the entire Star Wars saga is being picked apart by uh, alt writers as like anti uh, inherently anti-Trump mm. and it's like um, you know it's a depiction of Nazis and Nazism and if you think that's about your candidate I think the problem is your candidate not the movie right yeah the problem's not the movie it's like oh man Raiders of the Lost Ark's all about fucking Trump I'm like whoa whoa slow down it's about Nazis dude <laughs> it's like it's about the fucking Nazis. It's about man. fucking like like everyone knows the stormtroopers are fucking Nazis. Like their they're outfits called, are Nazis. They're, they're called stormtroopers. Storm <laughs> it's like on the nose. It's literally. literally on the nose, and y'all are mad. So yeah. go ahead, dump dump Star Wars. See how that go, how that works for you. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me that. Uh, I don't even know the Kellogg's one. Like, I guess there was a commercial that was multicultural or something, but yeah, I don't even know what. Oh no, Kellogg's donated a bunch of money to Black Lives Matter, like oh, okay. the network. And um, that's the reason they hate them enough. But you were telling me that people were on YouTube buying their cereal and throwing it away. Well, one person said, like, oh, I'm going I'm to buy them flush down the toilet. Yeah, that's the, that's, yeah, I wish someone would protest my shit by buying it and throwing it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really do. Protest me all day long. Buy it and throw it away. Mm-hmm. Happily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, we were talking. Did we talk earlier? I don't know if that was on air or not on air about people pretending to be black on Twitter. It was on there, right? That was just a. Just like, a few minutes ago. Okay, Twenty so, minutes ago. Take a shot. I'm not crazy. Uh, so, black Twitter verification questions is a great hashtag that came up over the weekend, and um, it's in response to all these a bunch of people like identifying a bunch of these fake black accounts, and so they were adding like a bunch of um, questions that if you can't answer them, then you you can't be in black Twitter. So I thought they were really funny. Uh, what city do you meet someone in to fight over tweets? Don't answer because we don't want to give the answers out to the racist. <laughs> How much is a stack a month? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most deadbeat dad of them all? Hmm. What restaurant do you go to to get some flaming young? <laughs> ass should be eaten. Yes or true or false? What's Wait, the, was that ass or ass? Yeah, ass. A-S-S. <laughs> What's the significance of the summer jam screen? Mm-hmm. What's the most important thing you need to remember about the Golden State Warriors? Define sophista ratchet and use it in a sentence. Mm -hmm. You're a pregnant side chick. Do you A, post a pic of your flat belly? B, do A and tag the father. (laughs) (laughs) The new Air Jordans are released. Do you A, mind your business, B, blame Air Jordans for black poverty? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is a 20-something-year-old catfish claiming to be a surgeon? Stop it, dude. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all very funny. I wouldn't pass. You wouldn't pass probably no, I could, I, Some of them I could. I could fake some of those, but not all. Yes, yeah, some of them you could, but it's very, very funny. All of them are really funny. Uh, so that was a, a hilarious one, but check that one out. And uh, next up. I'm sorry, so sorry, so sorry, that I was such a 
who so, we got this um, week? Jennifer Lawrence is our, our guest Ooh, this week. Congratulations. Uh, let's just make sure that we know exactly what she's apologizing for. Here, here is a, Here's her little story. We were filming in Hawaii, and there were sacred rocks, and they were, I, I don't know, they were ancestors, who knows. Um, <laughs> they were sacred, and you're not supposed to sit on them uh, because you're not supposed to expose your genitalia to them. Bless. Um, I, however, was in a wetsuit for this whole shoot. So, so it doesn't count, right? Oh, my God, they were so good for butt itching. <laughs> Just be like, oh! <laughs> You know, um, one one rock, <laughs> one rock that I was spud scratching on <laughs> ended up coming loose. <laughs> it was a giant boulder, and it rolled down this mountain and almost killed our sound guy. And like this whole station, like got destroyed. It was like, Poof! like it was a huge dramatic deal. And all the Hawaiians were like, "Oh my God, it's the curse!" <laughs> I'm your curse. <laughs> I wedged it loose with my ass. <laughs> yeah. Why is that like you're proud of that? Why is that like a Why is everybody laughing at it? That's what I want to know. Chris Pratt, all these people. Like, why is that funny? Anyways, as you can imagine, that offensive ass, white ass fucking story offended lots of people. Uh, especially Hawaiian people who were like, great bitch, thanks for that. And um, so she posted a little post on Facebook. Here's, here's her apology. From Jen to the internet. I mean, abs- I meant absolutely no disrespect to the Hawaiian people. I really thought that I was being self-depreciating about the fact that I was, quote, the curse. But I understand the way it was perceived was not funny and I apologize if I offended anyone. I saw somebody, uh, one of my Twitter followers. Hold on, we have to grade this first, and then we can do that. Okay, zero, not less. Literally less than zero. Less than zero. (laughs) You just you haven't meet. If you don't get, she didn't even apologize to the right people. There's not even an apology, dude. That's not even an stop. You know, you can't say to the wrong. She didn't even address the offended party to the internet, bitch. What? I just you can't with the I apologize if I offended anyone and but start like you can't all right so you have all the fucking like call them apology tropes right like the non-apology the faux-apology right. all the different like the unpology the, the non yeah all of them the I apologize if you were offended is like pretty fucking shitty like that just like negates your entire like everything but like come on dude like start with that like she ended with a, I'm sorry if you were offended. Like all the other bullshit came first and then you still ended. Like you can't keep all the bullshit and then end with, I'm sorry if you were offended. Yeah, no. No. Mm-mm. So I had uh, Feminist Rambo sent me a correction and uh, that was pretty good. Uh, from Jen to the sovereign nation of Hawaii. I meant absolutely no disrespect to the Hawaiian people. I just thought my itchy ass was more important than your sacred rocks. And my need to be seen as quirky and funny outweighed your right to be respected. Mm-hmm. I really thought that I was pulling off being self-deprecating about the fact that I was the curse, even though I acknowledged that I was clearly mocking your beliefs through the entire story. And the fact that real curse is the ongoing illegal occupation of your lands by a hello government that also stole their own lands from First Nations peoples, but still insists everyone that we are the good guys. But I digress. I understand the way that I was perceived was not funny, which is only appropriate as it was, in fact, rude and ignorant. And I apologize unreservedly for my repugnant, offensive behavior. <laughs> that might have, that might have, that could have got a score. That would have been up there. I'm like, oh, hey, that's like 
you know, you actually or apologized. Two, at least. I've been positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to grade uh, Feminist Rainbow's, uh, you know, addendum to <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. No, definitely not. But uh, dear internet, come on. Just stop it. Why? We had another apology, did we not? We did have another. Did I? Did we? Yeah. They said, uh, I don't have it up, but uh, it's on the oh, notes. Yeah. Victoria's Secret apologizes to a customer who says she was racially profiled. Yeah. Um, Lovely Victoria's Secret. Awesome Victoria's Secret. Love that. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to play this video. Hopefully it won't have an ad, but it probably will. But who knows? You have to play it, I think. Maybe. Let's see. Oh, she's like crying. I don't want to play this. That's you playing. Okay. Are you playing it to me? No, I thought you were going to play it. Okay. It's going to be a damn ad. It's on CNN. I got it. I got it then. I'll play it. The holidays yeah, I'll play don't it. officially don't begin. Super CNN, of course, always. She looks like she's gonna cry. She's I mean, crying. I think she did cry. My mama, my friends, all y'all, I wouldn't dare. Step a foot back in. I'm so, I'm so upset. So the African woman, American woman kicked out of Victoria's Secret. She uh, posted a video to Facebook Live. She captured an upsetting experience at Victoria's Secret Mall in Alabama. Uh, She was kicked out of the store after someone else was caught shoplifting. I never, never would, would have thought... In a, in a that that would happen to me. I talk about that. So she didn't check my bag. She she didn't accuse me of stealing. But because I'm black and another black person happened to get caught stealing, we got to be a feeling. Wow. So, so Victoria's Secret posted an apology on their Facebook page. I just want to be clear. They didn't accuse her of stealing. They just kicked her out of the fucking Here's store. Here's their apology. We take the experience of our customer at the Quintard Mall very seriously and have reached out to her directly to express our sincere apology. What happened at our store should not have happened and does not represent who we are, or what we stand for. The store associate involved in this matter is no longer employed with the company. Victoria's Secret is adamant that all customers, regardless of race, be treated with dignity and respect at all times. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Adamant. Wait a second. There's some apology in here. They took action. They contacted her directly. Hmm. Let's see. We take the experience of our customer. Seriously, we doubt her directly. Express our sincere apology. Yeah, I, we apologize. What happened should not have. It doesn't represent who we are. I accept that. They got rid of the associate that did it. That's up there. Okay. That's like this, a three this or four. Is like a three and a half right yeah. here, Victoria's Secret. You ain't shit still, but all right with the apology. I, I, I'm, I just want to make sure I understand. She was in a store as a black person. Correct. And another black, a completely unrelated black person yeah. gets caught shoplifting. If I recall, they kicked all the black That's people my point. out of the store. So she wasn't accused of shoplifting. She just had to leave the store. Correct. They didn't find anything. They didn't no. say you're stealing. They didn't no. say you're in collusion with this other person. No. Nope. And the other person, I'm sure they called the police on. Sure. They didn't ask the police to talk to her. They just said you can't shop here anymore. Correct. The fuck is that even up? Like, how do you justify that? Like, you you clearly just think all black people are thieves and they're all here to rob you blind and you can't keep your eye on all these black people. So you got to kick them all out. What other what other reasons do you have for kicking them out? I don't know. That's what I'd like to know. You, you know, the employee. What were they thinking? What did they think the policy was? Why did they think they could do that? Because they were just like, get all of them out of here. I'm sure. They're racist. What do you mean? I mean? Listen to you. You're trying to fucking make some sense 
out of some person kicking all the black people out of Victoria's Secret because they caught a shoplifter that happened to be black? There's no logic there. Not looking for logic. I'm wondering. I guess they said that doesn't represent the story and she's fired, but that's crazy. You're black, so just get out. Yeah, just get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, coming up next. We got receipts. We got receipts. I thought typing from Leslie was coming up. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you're doing the next cue, I don't need to be paying attention. How about you stay on your shit and I'm here? Ooh. I haven't missed any of my cues. That's so, don't start right, right here. I'll have all the receipts. Okay. Okay, your, your keyboard got louder. Oh, did it? Yeah. I, I will tip, tip, tap. Why don't you stay on track and do what you're supposed to do? So, uh, Crazy Scribbles, Jon Snow on, <laughs> uh, on Twitter's. Yes. Uh, who's artiste. And uh, her son, uh, Lauren, uh, wrote a, a book about dinosaurs that she uh, did the, the the pictures for, the painting for. But I, I love her art. She's great. But she's uh, Chrissy Scribbles on, on uh, the Twitter's, Jon Snow. But uh, someone had a little bit of dialogue and was talking about uh, art and uh, painters and the, the need for uh, and what art does and they basically were saying that art's only a temporary distraction uh, there's really no you know importance uh, and they don't add any political value uh, so uh, Chrissy was like oh really <laughs> I got some receipts <coughs> and uh, I, we can put the, the Twitter thread but it's a really good like whenever you see somebody like do something fuckery that's like oh like art's never been used for anything important like that my heart and she starts with uh, Pablo Picasso's Guernica <laughs> right like you know which like, we've seen it's beautiful yeah but it's like a I don't want to say like a phenomenally important piece but it's incredibly important it, it, it's about the literally Spanish like Civil broke War. the Spanish Civil yeah, War yeah, yeah yeah it was like it was a big uh, it had impact let's say that and then she just has piece after piece after piece of how art uh, is being used and even some modern ones um, there's a, a individual who's painting modern black men in like baroque and like old like renaissance poses and shit and uh, shit does she have <clears throat> Keith Haring up there that was huge there's uh, so much the, the, art the thread goes on and on and on because oh, okay. the receipts are good of course <laughs> and they're deep and shit and there's even like uh, she said Caravaggio's Catholic Church commissions were so realistic that they were outraged at the graphic depiction of their own biblical stories like just like the way art has been used as as more than just uh, what did this person say a distraction <laughs> a temporary distraction I just thought it was good like someone's like oh really oh, oh just a distraction I got some on. receipts yeah I like Twitter receipts mm-hmm. I, I like a good Twitter thread mm-hmm. my 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 phase lately yeah but, you know uh-huh. white people I get bullied in school I can't wait till I'm a cop so I can bully you white people hey hey hey. White people. So we we started singing this song while we were traveling this weekend. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, we can't just be like breaking out into white people. God damn it, fucking white people. God damn it. It was a very appropriate time to sing it though. That, that woman was out of changed. control. Man. I don't want to talk about it. It's depressing me. Yeah. Anyways, uh New York Enfant Terrible, beauty editor who got hooked on ADHD meds as a teen, tells how drug addiction left her too weak to take showers and cost her two jobs until she overdosed on heroin. Kat Marnell, 34, landed jobs at Condé Nast Lucky Magazine and ExoJane.com. She quit her lucky job after four years and left ExoJane after the publisher sent her to rehab. She kept using drugs and writing about it online. She overdosed in 2013. She's since gone to rehab in Thailand and has written a memoir coming out in January. In it, she tells of her stays in mental hospitals, eating disorder, and self-mutilation. 
I just want to know. I who's the? I didn't know Lena Dunham had another little sister or something. It's just <laughs> like, really absurd. Isn't that like the Lena Dunham like path? Hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just like the the super duper and, privilege. And if, if this Thailand rehab is iocane, I'll be real fucking. I don't know what it is because you know that's that that's the thing to do now. And I'm not saying it is or isn't, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, I find that. And I shouldn't. I don't know about it, but maybe that is a thing. I shouldn't. You you get clean and you get clean. But yeah, she says. Um, so while I was being praised over and over again in the press for my unflinching honesty, the truth was I was controlling my image the whole time. I was an abusive, manipulative, entitled asshole. I think that's what she says. Who worked one thousand times less than everyone else, collected a salary without coming into the office, was high on PCB constantly, and yet got hugely and wildly rewarded for it because I was good at making myself look like a cool rebel in the press. Her memoir is set to come out January thirty first. It's called How to Murder Your Life. So I just want to be clear that she admits of what a fucking lazy, entitled asshole she is, and they rewarded her with a book deal. Just saying. It's the whitest shit ever. Actually, I take that back. I think this next thing is actually the whitest shit ever. And I'll let you go through I, I that. Just, it's too goddamn much. Brooklyn Magazine. Okay, first of all, Brooklyn Magazine, BK Mag. I guarantee you it's a bunch of white people. I, I know it's white people that run it, but uh, Brooklyn Mag had an article, headline, Meet the 24-year-old who built a leading feminist streetwear brand in Bushwick because she can. And uh, it's by Katy Perry. Literally, that's this person's gnome de plume. And uh, the, this uh, 24-year-old who built the leading feminist streetwear brand is a, a white woman, and she's wearing uh, a, I guess I'd call it like a black... Uh, like a hoodie or something? Not a hoodie. What do you call it? Like an A-frame shirt, a sleeveless shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. A tank top? A tank top, thank you. And it just <laughs> says, uh, ladies is pimps too. So, so Jay-Z lyrics? Um, I'm kind of trying to understand this, but... So she took like old clothes and put literally like rap lyrics on it and charged 150 bucks. And that's a leading feminist streetwear brand. Mm-hmm. 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 It's called Millionaires, by the way. Yeah, Millionaires. So mm-hmm. I won't even her, go to, Her number uh, one thing is a hat that says, because I can. That is the whitest shit ever. So uh, the article's unbelievable. <laughs> the outlet, the, uh, the clap back was fierce and quick. And uh, so I'll just read the editor's note. Editor's note. We see and hear the multiple responses to our profile on Millionaires, all of which are valid and deem atten- demand attention. First, to address the issue of brand reprinting without credit or permission. This is not acceptable. Artists' work is often propagated without credit, leaving them to see no profit or recognition. This is not something that we condone or support and understand that this is harmful, detrimental, and unacceptable treatment of artists in our community. We were not aware of these claims, outside of Jay-Z lyrics, prior to publishing the work, and that is our fault. We are sorry for the oversight. But hold up. You are aware of the Jay Z lyrics, and you're saying that this is not acceptable, and yet you fucking did it. Mm-hmm. Because black, I'm, I'm, I'm because he's rich. I, I'm not sure why it was okay. The picture is ladies as pimps too. Okay. The other conversation around this piece is that of cultural appropriation, most specifically that of white feminism. Cultural appropriation might not be approached with the intent to harm, but it does, especially when oppressed people's cultures are appropriated for use of profit. We are guilty of publishing a piece that perpetuated this and apologize. Moving forward, it is our priority to highlight the incredible people of color working, living, and creating in our community. We hear your criticism. We apologize for our mistake and take ownership of it. Thank you for the conversation. Please continue to reach out to us. We know we have much to learn and pledge to do so. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it, as an apology, it's, 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 you know, maybe like a three or four as well, but it was so blunt. I just, you couldn't be, it's almost like having to apologize for wearing blackface. Like, like, I don't care how good that apology is. It's still fucking unconscionable. Like you just, you wore blackface in 2016. The fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that this article was the equivalent of wearing blackface, but it was like journalistically, like you, you just have no black people. No one of, of black anything has any voice in your. You know, maybe you have black people there, but you don't trust them. You don't give them any right to to raise their hand and be like, "Whew, this is some fuckery." Because <laughs> the head assery is just like you don't even get past the headline. Yeah, you don't even get past the headline. Yeah, the lead and the picture are like, nope, nope, hard pass, no, no way. Mm-mm-mm. Brooklyn Mag. <laughs> yeah. So she had stolen this. Not yours. Never was. Um tag from a, a designer on uh, on Instagram actually had posted this picture of a woman in high heels with a wolf as her face and had said not yours never was it was kind of this like it was girls against cat calling in 2014 um, and it was kind of a mascot for that whole thing and um, they put on a shirt started selling it millionaire s did why not and uh, you know of course the her friend and uh, the person who came up it was like uh, yeah our followers pointed our followers to it they eventually took it down and she sends in a letter. Here's what the letter says. Hello, my name is bleep, 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 whatever the bitch's name from the article is. Owner of, of the clothing company Millionaire. As I, re- I saw the recent Instagram post and first I want to apologize a hundred times over. I'm a newly graduated college student and was not aware of the implications of using this design. Someone, just, 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 someone just. sent me the design and I fell in love with it. I like it, so I took it. Didn't know I couldn't do that. I'd, I'd like to beg forgiveness. I don't like to ask permission. You're a designer, and you don't realize you need to actually have... You know what? I, I how, how many things has she... What did you learn in fucking has college, she, has she I just want to uh, know. Has any of her designs been submitted for copyright? Trademarking? Out of here. Right? You know, I swear to God, if she's <sighs> trademarked any of her shit, I didn't know you, did, you had to do that. I need to respect that. Like literally, like, and then her fucking excuse for Columbus and this shit is like, I didn't know you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Really didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna actually skip that next one because some stuff went down on on Twitter today that I don't want to connect it to it. So I'm gonna just delete that one. Okay. But this, this kid, kid the is dude. the truth. So let's get to him. I'm playing it right now. Okay. Here we are outside the deadest team on the planet, but we're not here for the team. We're here for Chick King. But before that, crap check. His editing so chicken fillet, two thirty. It's kind of peak. Could I get four wings, chips, uh, chicken burger, a lilt, and ginger beer? It was five pound eighty without the drink. Four wings, one thirty. I'm in Old Street and it's one twenty. How does that work? Alright, so chips, like they were fat chips, which I was gassed about at first thinking, boom, they're going to be soft. That wasn't the case. Nothing special. It needed barbecue sauce. Without barbecue sauce, there's no way you're back in. You'll just feel it chilling in your throat. Out of five, chips get free. Wing than that. I was expecting the best, because bear in mind, fam, this thing was in total £6.40. The wings were, they were fairly fresh. You know, they fell off the bone quite well. Like, they were well cooked quite succulent going into actual flavor weak 
it might have been a, a bit of cayenne. Maybe <laughs> one, two little bits of black pepper. It, it had a... I just got to pause it. This fucking kid's video editing skills are on fleek, dude. I He's think dope he as has shit. Like, I think he has like a production crew with him because they're all like talking to him. Well, he's all of about like... 10 to 12 I don't know how No I think he's like 16 No he's not that old Oh yeah he is No Well He's younger than that I don't think so But He's straight up reviewing Chicken shops in London Like Full on Like Got like Fried chicken and chips And he's like Reviewing it It's a Little bit of heat Slightly Very slightly That was about Yeah you're right 14 I have to say The best thing about it I'd say Is the texture Just because it's different they actually have breadcrumbs on it. It was rolled in breadcrumbs, as you could tell, because when the thing's fried, it's not the one piece of skin that's all just slides off, mm. essentially. It's all segmented into these little breadcrumbs, and that gives it a nice texture, I must say, because of the breading. For that, I'll say 3.5, but yeah, <laughs> again, 3.5. They're, not, they're not far past mediocre. You know what, the burger, it caught me off guard, because it was hench. My mind was like, rah, this burger's hench. I looked at it, I was like, that looks pang. And it hit me probably about two-thirds of the way in. I clocked the burger was not peng at all. It was just hench. And so I spent more time chewing and then focusing on making sure I don't choke. Flavour was dead. I can't say I could have tasted any spices in there. At all? At all. None whatsoever. Salt, maximum. And something that did catch me off guard, man definitely chewed on a bone. <laughs> the sandwich. He's dead, dude. I love it, dude. We get to play till he talks about the wings because that's the best part. Oh, that's the last of my part of the video. Oh, okay, never mind. But he does talk about the wings. He says he really likes the wings because they had uh, breadcrumbs on them. He's like, I was surprised. It was good. It made it really good. Uh, anyways, I just thought that was highly hilarious. And it was a full-on production crew. They yeah, like friggin'. Yeah, seriously. Boom mics and yep, the whole nine. Yeah, the whole nine yards. So. TV, movies, books, games. Um, you had you were watching a bunch of catfishes yeah, yeah, for some had, reason. They, they, right? In the background, when I was doing the windows. I oh like, right, uh, I was working. Plastic wrap the windows. Yeah, two weekends the, ago, mm-hmm. the winter. And uh, I'm not into catfish. I don't really watch it. But they had back to back episodes where a black woman uh, was catfished by a white woman, and uh, it was just so kind of like. I don't know, it just left me with a really bad taste. And I started thinking, like, I know that we've talked on this show about how black women are the least matched up on dating profiles. And, and one of the black women, I think maybe one or maybe both were um, queer, right? So it was even harder. And it's like the, the one woman was just in a small town, desperate to connect. And then you get catfished. Mm. And, the, and the white woman was like, not like blasé about it, but like, the, the so the production had I don't know if it was someone that was instead of like you know Neve has the I can't remember his co-partner on that show but like there's another person with Neve when he goes around to these things they had somebody that wasn't his normal person it was a black woman and she was like a psychiatrist or therapist and she was helping the the black queer uh, woman who was being catfished Mm. and she's trying to like I don't want to say like because of whiteness and fragility and all this kind of fucked up shit she's trying to like get the white presenting person who catfished this black queer woman to kind of like get it and like to see it. And she's like, you know, you understand that because she's black and then right away, as soon as she says, because she's black, the white presenting woman is like, I'm half Mexican. What's race got to do with it? And blah, 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 blah. And just like basically shut that part of it down. And they, they like the film crew was like, like they just like at that moment 
what are they really going to do? I don't know. But they ended up fucking calling this woman, mm. her fucking fragility. And like, you know, oh, this one time, this one bad thing happened to me and like, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, man, fucking A, even with like a professional there that's like, can't you see that this is fucked up or what you did because she's black? Ended up having to coddle the white presenting person. Mm. And then there was another one where I can't remember what it was, but it was a black woman. It was just like, she just got her heart broken, just like really screwed. And the person was like, you know, pff, whatever, fuck it, I don't care. I did it for money, you know? And it was like, God damn, man. It was like, I don't know if I caught the two shows that are like that and there aren't more, but it was almost like, I don't know if I want to watch this, like, just because it seemed like black women were getting crushed. No surprise there. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't watch uh, Mariah's uh, World, but you said it was a train wreck. I didn't see it. I didn't get to see it, but I've heard that it's a train wreck, everyone's saying. I'm going to watch it, though. I'm going to just binge it. I'm hoping maybe um, when Lena's here, she'll want to watch it. But uh, everyone's saying it's just like crazy. Uh, Predictable train wreck with service and promotion. More... Serves more as promotion than criticism. <laughs> uh, yet even by standards of reality docu-series, this, the E! Showcase for Pop Diva, Mariah Carey is pretty hilarious, especially with everything that's transpired since the point where the show story began telling. Um, those who watch such fair for the kitsch factor will have plenty to wallow in as Carrie conducts most of her direct-to-camera interviews provocative, provocatively draped across a couch, looking a bit like Cleopatra <laughs> being ferried across the Nile. She also appears near the outset after a segment that basically summarizes the whole series in two minutes as a character named Bianca Storm, wearing a wig and affecting a British sort of accent. Uh, she's shown cavorting on a yacht in Capri, what? Italy. And fretting about agreeing to do the show at all, citing how little privacy there is in entertainment. One might ask why she would then agree to the uh, prying eyes of cameras, including footage of her young children. But if there's one guiding rule for Ian Bravo shows, it's perhaps best not to overthink them. The drama as such uh, centers on a collision between Carrie's personal and professional lives as she prepares for a European concert tour while planning her wedding to Australian billionaire James Packer. They have since split, which should foster some suspense um, about how much, if any, will be reflected in the eight-episode run. And conflicting reports have suggested his presence on the show might be edited. Uh, in the interim, it falls back on conventional reality TV show strategies with usual tension, blah, 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 uh, balancing her various commitments. Um, and there's a supporting cast for back of a letter to her foul mouth manager, Stella Bolochnevig, uh, who tartly tells the candidate address, interviewing to be Mariah's personal assistant that she's not allowed to either date or cry. Sure, buddy. Sure. <laughs> you can't cry. Dude. Others include her nephew, Sean McDonald, and her backup dancers who grab at one point about wearing af- outfits that will make it hard for them to move. The only tougher job here, frankly, might be the show's editors who, given how much the narrative jumps around, are de- are deserving of combat play. Combat pay. Anyways, I haven't seen it yet, so we'll see what happens with all of that. Yeah, before you go, uh, somewhat breaking news. Uh, mm. Craig Sager, uh, TNT sideline reporter, uh, did pass away. Who was uh, that? He wore all the colorful suits, was the basketball sideline reporter. Had, yeah, I don't like, know had him. the crazy colorful suits. He was on TNT for decades. His battle, I think, was leukemia. But he, he passed away. Uh, I don't know. Lost, most people know him. But uh, I also wanted to talk about 100. I know we've been kind of watching, uh, and I'm, I'm struggling to <laughs> continue watching it. It's... Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than like, like a colonialist imperialist like PR piece. <laughs> I guess you know what I'm saying. Like it's good, kind of. But it's just, it's just. It's yeah. got so much fuckery. It's a lot of fuckery, but you know what do you expect? I mean, you expect like I guess like they've set this like dystopian future, like all futures that have no black people, but mm-hmm. like the 
Earth people fucked up Earth and went to space, and then they fall out of the sky and start killing everybody <laughs> and taking over land and shit. Mm. It's a little much. Yeah. So the Golden Globe Awards also uh, not award the nominations came out. Lots of great uh, black representation. Not oh, yeah. very much from other uh, ethnicities, which is disappointing. Because uh, contrary to popular belief, um, Oscar So White is not just about black people. And uh, shout out to Rain of April, who's the creator of that. Uh, rarely gets gets cited as such and has been very adamant about it being about diversity across the board, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, everywhere. So let's just clear that up too. But uh, Best Motion Picture includes five movies neither of us have seen. But Moonlight's included there. And also that Lion movie that you mentioned we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, uh, Best clubs. Performance by an Actress in a Drama uh, includes Ruth Nega from The Loving Movie. Uh, along with Jessica Chastain, Amy Adams, Natalie Portman, and Isabel Hubbard. Uh, motion picture, musical comedy uh, includes, again, five movies we haven't... Oh, no, we saw Deadpool. Um, that got, I don't even know what to say about that. That got a Golden Globe? Yeah, because they do comedy musical, so a lot of shit slips through on there. I don't. I still want to know, what is this La La Land movie about? Nobody can explain it to me. Anyways, best performance by an actor on a limited TV series includes um, Riz Ahmed from The Night Of and also uh, Courtney B. Vance from People vs. O.J. Simpson, who was amazing. Yeah, Courtney deserves uh, As Johnny shit. Cochran. Um, let's see. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role includes Mahershala Ali for Moonlight and Dev Patel for Leon, which is really cool. Uh, best limited series or motion picture for television includes The Night of, The Night Manager, The Dresser, American Crime, and The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Best screenplay includes Moonlight by Barry Jenkins. Best uh, actress in a television musical comedy includes our girl Rachel Bloom from my crazy ex-girlfriend as well as Issa Rae from Insecure, Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin and Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish. Uh, my tele- best television series includes Atlanta and Blackish, which is really awesome. Uh, best performance by an actor includes, uh, this is TV, includes Anthony Anderson from Blackish, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal from Mosa on the Jungle, Danny Donald Glover from Atlanta as well. Uh, best performance by an actress drama includes no people of color, all five white women, including Caltrona uh, Bifel from uh, Outlander and Carrie Russell from The Americans and Winona Ryder from Stranger Things, which is pretty cool. And Evan Rachel Wood from Westworld. And best performance by an actress uh, supporting role includes Viola Davis from Fences, Nomi Harris from Moonlight, Octavia Spencer from Hidden Figures, as well as Nicole Kidman and Michelle Williams. And best actor in a motion picture musical comedy uh, is five white dudes, including Ryan Gosling from The Thing I, Nobody Can Tell Me Is About Again, La La Land, uh, Jonah Hill from War Dogs, and Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool. Um and then best actor in a television series includes Rami Malek from Mr. Robot and Lieb Schreiber from um, Ray Donovan. Has he won before? He's Ray so good Donovan. on that show, Ray Donovan. Uh, Denzel Washington's nominated for Fences. Uh, best director includes Barry Jenkins uh, from Moonlight as well as Tom Ford for Nocturnal Animals. I can never get into Tom Ford movies. Maybe I'm not highfalutin enough i don't know uh best performance by an actress in a comedy musical is five white women and best television series drama includes the crown on netflix which i absolutely love good show stranger things uh also from netflix that's two for them while game of thrones hbo this is us on nbc probably my favorite drama of the year and westworld hbo so that's pretty cool that's very good yeah good uh good rundown good list good list exciting uh, uh season coming up and 
I also, you know, we talked about Solange's uh, Seat at the Table when it came out, which I love that album. It's so fucking good. It's ridiculous. Um, but this article came out uh, where she's been giving a little more information about what happened, like behind the scenes and how she came to write the album and everything. And um, it all was because of a racially charged conversation two white men had about her on a podcast. Hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah. In an interview with Helga Davis, host of Q2 Music's Helga podcast, the artist said that in 2013, she received flack on Twitter for saying white journalists who write about R&B music should know who Brandy was. Shortly after, the, tel- the New York Times invited Solange to talk about cultural tourism and music on one of their podcasts, but she declined to join. I didn't feel the need to have a debate about something that I was culturally a part of, and I didn't feel the need to defend that, um, she told Davis. Still, the host of the Times podcast, John Caramanisa, who is white, talked about what Solange said on Twitter. While talking to Davis, Solange recalled that the writer, also a white man who appeared on the episode, said, quote, I went to Solange's concert and I noted who her audience was. And if I were her, I'd be careful of making these statements because I'd be careful not to bite the hand that feeds me, end quote. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, the host also referenced how much of Solange's white fan base had grown following the release of True in 2012. Solange told Davis that she was being challenged of ownership of her art because the host and writer were essentially telling her that this audience had ownership over her. Solange explained the conversation between the two men ignited her uh, latest album quote. That was kind of a turning point in the transition for me to write of writing the album that is now seen at the table I began to think about that conversation and replaying it and it haunted me and it haunted my mother to hear someone telling her daughter don't bite the hand that feeds you and also the racial subtleties that are not so subtle of what that encompasses when you say that to a black woman that you connect it to to connect it by saying do you know who's buying your rep- records so I was essentially being told to shut up end quote Solange makes a direct reference to the uh, conversation on her song, Don't You Wait, in which she sings, Now, I don't want to bite the hand that'll show me the other side. No, but I didn't want to build the land that was fed, that has fed you your whole life. No, don't you find it funny? Um, a Seat at the Table debuted at number one on Billboard charts. Uh, since then, earned many, much critical acclaim, including slots on the best album of the year list and a Grammy nomination for the single Cranes in the Sky. Please excuse us while we blast FUBU on repeat. While Solange gets the last, <clears throat> let's uh, let's also note uh, that the two men kind of lashed out and were talking about her mm. because she refused to come on the oh, show. Oh yeah, for free. they were like, "How for dare, free. How for dare free. she refuse Our their invitation?" Labor. Our podcast is so important. You should come on for free and defend your statement. Oh, you're not. We're going to lash out at you. Literally, it's gross. Yeah, you know what though? Uh, I know we 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 didn't think we had this segment, but I need it. Uh, an applause for uh, 
President Obese's uh, 1,000th commutation mm. on Tuesday. He commuted 79 more sentences, and uh, that brought to 1,000, the total that he's uh, commuted of harsh sentences, mostly uh, drug and other offenders. But 1,000 is kind of fucking dope. Mm. No one else has hit that number. Good. Hope he yeah. has more. Yeah, I'd like it to have been 10,000. A few more years. 20,000. 100,000. Free nice. them all. Free them all. Would have been good. Um. Yeah. So, what else? Uh, I'm podcasting this week for all of the black podcasters, but I'll give a specific shout out to both Rod and Karen from the Black Who Tips and to Chris from uh, MTR Networks. And I'm going to give a special shout out to Chris because he, um, apparently he says this. I'm going to just quote him. Yeah, inspired by Marissa and my, and my uh, safety pin box idea and wanting to give back to other black women and seeing what we've been dealing with as well as so many others all the time. He has started a new program uh, called Black Woman Shoutout, which he's been doing on his show, just allowing his guests to shout out a black woman. And he does every week as well. But now um, he's he's bringing this into a much more concrete circles. So if you're a black woman and you have um, something to promote, you have an event coming up, you have a business you want to promote, um, you can email Email him. You can go to mtrnetworks.com, um, I believe it is. Let me just make sure of that. Uh, and you can send uh, an email out to to uh, him with all the information. And um, he'll be shouting out black women um, every Sunday. I, I, I think it's pretty dope. All right. Thank you, Chris. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. So a shout out to him for that. What else you got? That's really it. Uh, trying to keep it classy. You know. Yeah, you are. Oh, I'm going to be on a podcast, though, coming up. I'm going to be on um, the... I want to make sure I get the name right. I'm going to be on the... Oops. The Multiracial Family Man podcast. I'm going to be on there in a couple of weeks. I think the 23rd or the 20th or something like that's when we record. I don't know when to be up. I'll share it. Uh, but I'm pretty excited. I haven't been on there before. I've been uh, talking online with the host um, whose name is Alex Barnett. You can follow him on, at Barnett Two T's uh, Comic. And I'm going to be on his show uh, talk about all sorts of stuff. So I'm pretty cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I've got coming up. Oh, and Vice. So yes. look, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> I think it, the, the 23rd is when it's going to air, December. barring any like craziness on so December 23rd. Um, and check out, uh, yeah, check I out. I can't believe Vice News is coming to our house. It's a little crazy. Like our house? Like, yeah. Like our house? Yeah. Our house? Our I house? know. It's kind of crazy. I feel like I'm going to have to like, I don't know what. <sighs> I don't know. Something. Something. Mm-hmm. We're in the pipe. Five by five. five. <laughs> Something. Something. All right, I guess that's it, yeah? Yeah, that's it. All right, where's my... Do I have my... I can't say goodbye. Oh, wait, there it is. Good night, everybody. High five. <laughs>